meeting is being recorded. Now that we all know that this meeting is being recorded, <laughs> I'd like to welcome everybody to Walk-Ins Welcome. My name is Nick. We have Michael with us co-hosting as always. We've invited Danielle on the podcast. Before we get to Danielle, because I want to say hello to you and I want you to introduce yourself, you're probably wondering why we're wearing all of our colors oh, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Together. Go Blazers. Right now is the beginning of September. Don't know when the podcast is landing, but <laughs> right now is the beginning of September, and I'm a Tennessee fan. You have your UAB swag on. Danielle, welcome to the podcast. Who's your favorite team? Oh, goodness. Jumping right in. Um, you know, my brother goes to NC State, so I'm going to have to say NC State. NC State. Uh, nice. Michael, tell us about Danielle. Yeah, so today we're bringing Danielle Gomez to the table. She is from Cahaba Medical Care. Uh, she is the La Latina X uh, Community Development Coordinator. She's been there for one and a half years. She's bringing a whole new flavor to this podcast because she deals with on the Hispanic side. She deals with community outreach. I mean, you're doing things that we don't understand very well, but we need to educate people on. And you're doing it for this long. You obviously don't have a lot to offer. And also to give people some perspective, Cahaba Medical Care, they have 22 locations. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, so 22 locations and growing quickly. There you go. So you have a lot on your plate with 22 locations. That means you have 22 essential communities that you're helping serve in some capacity. So it's pretty amazing. I want to welcome aboard. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for welcome having me. We're glad you're here. All right, tell us one thing that nobody knows about you and how you got into medical. Ooh, okay. Um, something nobody knows about me. I am fluent in Spanish and English, obviously. Um, but I also speak some conversational French and Portuguese and took one semester of Arabic. So I really love languages. You are a linguist. No <laughs> doubt about it. That is super cool. That, that's called job security. <laughs> that's right. You know what, uh, Danielle, you may or may not have kids. I don't know, but like I've got three and we're trying, my oldest, we're trying to figure out like, what do you, what language are we going to learn in high school this year? So I'm with you. I like the uh, Latino culture, uh, Latinx. Uh, I know that encompasses everything. So why don't you give us real quick a, a, a brief understanding of why it's called Latinx and how you apply that to your company? Yeah, so I'm the Latinx Community Development Coordinator for Cahaba Medical Care, and that's just a long title for community outreach with a specific focus on the Hispanic community. Um, so the word Latinx um, comes from the word Latino because in Spanish, um, words and adjectives are gendered. So um, if I was from Guatemala and I was a woman, I would be Latina. But if I was a man, I would be Latino. Um, so the word Latinx is just a gender neutral form of the word Latino. Um, so that's my title, just being inclusive, um, you know, with Hispanic and Latino communities across central Alabama. And um, yeah, they brought me in about a year and a half ago. It was a brand new position to specifically focus on outreach to the Hispanic community because their existing fabulous community outreach team um, was doing great work in the urban and rural communities that we serve, but they were not fluent in Spanish and didn't know too much about Hispanic culture. So that's where I came in. That's an incredibly important skill set if you're going to reach a community that doesn't always speak our language, right? Yeah, definitely. And honestly, they were already doing really great outreach um, with the resources they had, engaging other community organizations like the Hispanic Interest Coalition of Alabama or HICA, 
doing some health fairs and, and translating a lot of their materials, uh, marketing materials, patient paperwork to make sure we're engaging the Hispanic community. But I'm just really glad that they were able to bring me on and I've been able to use the, the skill set I have to continue engaging the Hispanic community. So right out of the gate, I do want to ask a question. So you've been there for a year and a half. What's the biggest challenge you've had to face? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, it is an everyday process because I'm not a native Spanish speaker. Um, I really try to approach my job um, and my role there with a sense of humility and especially cultural humility, knowing that I will never know what it is to be Latina in, La in the United States. Um, and honestly, to be anything except white in the United States and in Alabama. Um, so I am constantly learning from my coworkers, from our Hispanic patients and our Hispanic community partners and asking questions and approaching everything with a sense of humility, knowing that I have only things to learn from um, the Hispanic community and our Hispanic patients. Nice. I like that approach. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. So uh, our goal on this podcast is, you know, we help triple the revenue through patient, through patient volume of different patient care type clinics. And I believe that you bring your unique perspective in community outreach. And I want to gear the rest of our conversation today around what you're doing in community outreach. And I'm going to start with this question. What is your favorite tool that you use to communicate with your communities? That's a great question. Um, so definitely there's a lot of diversity within our community development team. We have people focused on um, the Black Belt community down south, rural community in Bibb County and um, Jefferson County as well, a more urban community. Um, with the Hispanic community though, there's a unique approach and honestly, it's word of mouth. Okay. Just okay. knowing the right people and sharing resources and just showing up in the community. Um, word of mouth, I think is the biggest way that Cahaba Medical Care has grown in our service to the Hispanic community across central Alabama because one patient shows up for her prenatal care, let's say, and she has a fabulous experience with us, knows that her provider really cares about her. Maybe her provider even speaks her language and it just develops a really special bond with her doctor that's providing her prenatal care. Then her baby's born and her baby gets to receive their primary care and well child checks at the same place with the same doctor. So that first bond that's established, she's gonna go and tell her friends and her family and her cousins and her grandmother, hey, I had a really awesome experience at Cahaba Medical Care. You should go there. They don't require insurance. They're very affordable. Um, so word of mouth, I found with the Hispanic community is a very important strategy. Well, and honestly too, I mean, just from the standpoint of it's, it's a nice change of pace that the doctor that for the prenatal care to the doctor that's gonna look at my baby is in that same facility. Cause like, you know, I have a three-year-old we've gone, you know, there's been at least three or four doctors from pregnancy to having a three-year-old we had to go through, like, not because we we're trying to be picky, just like naturally, like there's multiple layers to this situation, multiple buildings, multiple this, multiple that, but yeah, you have a central place to go to and you have that relationship. It's a whole lot nicer, honestly. Yeah, it's super convenient. And you know that you're getting a high level of quality of care wherever you go when you go to Cahaba. Um, 
And we actually call ourselves the home for all your healthcare needs. We try to be kind of a one-stop shop for our patients because we know it's a sacrifice to take off work, to drive out to see us, or even get a ride. Um, patients that don't have rides, maybe they call us and say, hey, I, I need you know Medicare to call me an Uber so I can get to my appointments. Um, but yeah, we really try to be a one-stop shop for everything you need. You come in for your prenatal care appointment um, or postnatal care and your baby gets their checkup and maybe you're dealing with some postpartum depression. So you get to talk to the counselor right after you talk to your provider. Mm. Um, and then maybe you need help enrolling your baby in Medicare. Um, so the social worker comes in and helps you do that all in the same appointment. Um, so we'd really try to make that convenient for our patients um, and kind of improve that continuity of care. I think it's fascinating that you brought up word of mouth advertising as the number one way to you know, spread the message. Are you measuring that? I think the, the numbers that we see in our clinics kind of speak for themselves. I was looking the other day actually about how our non-English speaking patient population has grown over the last several years. And it was doubling every year for several oh, years yeah. since we started in, in 2004. Um, I don't remember the exact numbers, but um, as we grow into new locations across Alabama, later this year, we're opening up our first clinic in Shelby County. Um, that opens more access points for people to access it. And we, we try to go wherever there's need. Um, a lot of times it's hospitals and other um, family medicine practices that are actually inviting to come partner with us or partner with them um, and open up a location where they know there's, um, for example, a high uninsured caseload of patients showing up in the ER every other week for their dialysis. Um, or where there's not primary care available to people with Medicare, Medicaid uninsured. And I'm curious, so you brought up that you guys are expanding and growing, adding new locations. Um, what is it? Okay, so you have, let's take two different types. So you have a community or a location that's been around for years. And so you probably become well known in that community. So that's a different strategy than uh, you have a brand new community that's about to open that doesn't, that doesn't know much about you. What does that look like for you? Like, what are your first steps to getting, working toward that community and getting that communication out there? That is a super timely question. I was actually putting together a plan for our new clinic in Alabaster yesterday nice. and thinking about, yeah. So one of the things I'm really trying to focus on is since this is a brand new community where Cahaba Medical Care has never been, um, there's a hospital, there's other urgent care practices, there's family care practices, um, but there's never been a Cahaba medical care. Um, how can we go through the already trusted organizations to build relationships through them with the community? And I think that's especially important when you're talking about the Hispanic community, um, because sometimes people can be very worried about their immigration status. And I don't want to give too much information to this one person. I don't want to give them my full name or date of birth because they're worried about immigration status, which is a valid concern. Um, so for example, there is a large Hispanic radio station called La Jefa. And um, one example of something that we could do is talk to La Jefa about partnering with them for an effort to get the word out to the community. Um, another one is a large Hispanic grocery store in Pelham, which isn't too far from Alabaster. Yeah. And maybe setting up a tent there on a Saturday um, it's an already trusted organization. It's a, a place that people are already going and they get to meet you through somebody that they trust. I mean, you're, you know, you're describing the going to where the people are. 
Like this is already where they engage most of the time. And now you're just intersecting yourself into that. That's already existing. So. Yeah, definitely. Just showing up at time and time again, getting, allowing people to get to know you and continuing to build that trust. Oh yeah. What's the, what's the heart behind this? You know, most businesses are built to build a profit. Um, you're a funded, I guess, a business. It's like a nonprofit or not-for-profit. Uh, I, I made the distinction here that you said uh, you don't take insurance or don't need insurance, and you're reasonably priced, which means there's a cost to it. So is it a nonprofit or is it a not-for-profit? And then because of that, if you're not motivated by money, which is okay, but most businesses are motiva- motivated by money, what is the end goal? That's a great question. Um, you know, Cahaba Medical Care was founded to be an organization that just aspires to share the love of Christ and, and fight for love and peace and justice for our patients because there, we know there's so many people out there struggling and in need of affordable health care or mental health care um, or just somebody to come alongside them um, as a helping hand in their life. Um, but of course, you know, we got to keep our doors open and stay funded. Um, we've got an awesome grant writing team that I know secures a lot of funding for us every year to continue to keep our doors open and even open more doors. Um, and we also do accept all forms of insurance. So um, Medicare, Medicaid, private insurance, probably insurance companies you've never heard of, we will bill them. Um, it's just so that, not required. What's that? It's just not required. Right, so if I'm uninsured, I can still go. We have a sliding fee program that is like a income-based discount program. Um, but we are a federally qualified health center. So basically that means we're required by law to keep our doors open. So no matter what insurance it is or uninsured um, and the Lord has just provided ways for us to continue growing and serving more and more patients every year. Um, I'm just really grateful to work for an organization like Cahaba. I think that's phenomenal. I love the passion behind that. I love the heart behind that. Um, we have almost exclusively patient care providers, patient care businesses that listen to this podcast. And I believe there has to be a segment of our listening population that would love to make a bigger impact on their community. But they're business owners, in addition to being doctors or patient care providers. How could a business that's listening that provides patient care, something similar to what you're doing, how could they at least get started in serving a community that is underserved in their area? I think finding um, a good community partner is a good first step. If you're interested in specifically serving and working with um, the Hispanic community in your area, um, you know, there's the Hispanic Interest Coalition of Alabama does some really great work. There's Adelante, which is... Um, kind of a workers' rights center that specifically works with a lot of Latinos. Um, the Alabama Interfaith Refugee Partnership supports about 25 refugee families, mostly coming from Latin America. Um, so get to know some of the, the resources and nonprofits in your area that are working with the population that you wanna serve and, and see how maybe your practice or you just individually um, in your own time can get involved and support the communities that they're working with. Yeah, so it sounds like don't, don't go it alone. There are, <laughs> there are established uh, uh, people and communities already there that can, you can plug into 
and then it's i mean in the way you guys are growing it sounds like the need is higher than we can even imagine uh, i mean we don't to be honest like we've we've talked to and we've seen a lot of urgent cares and medical practices that grow but not too many grow at the pace you guys are moving at right now especially by word of mouth yeah especially when it's just you plug into a community you start a good baseline and it just you said like doubles your patient volume every single year i mean that's a huge thing to see to see which is awesome really yeah it is really cool just the the doors that have been opened um for cohaba medical care to continue to grow um we were looking at the plans for 2023 and there's more and more clinics opening every year and it's really exciting um yeah i think that it's not only word of mouth, obviously. We, we do, you know, anything on the web, social media, um, getting involved with other organizations, helping us spread the word. Um, it's definitely not all word of mouth. We've got a pretty solid marketing team as well. Um, but I really appreciate Cahaba's community approach to growing and, and spreading the word about our services. That's fantastic. So you, you probably go out and do outreach and events. Can you think of any one specific event that was just super impactful and had a great result, not only for that community, but uh, for Cahaba as well? So many. Our community partners are doing so much good work. Um, most recently, July was a busy month with back to school events. Um, oh, yeah. So we partnered with a Hispanic church that is moving into Hoover soon. Um, it's called Iglesia La Conexión. And we hosted a back to school health fair where we invited about a dozen community partners to come and share their resources. We had face painting, balloon animals, um, tacos, of course, you can't have an event without the tacos. <laughs> and um, some of our providers were there and helping with, you know, blood pressure checks, blood sugar checks. And a lot of people coming to the event um, hadn't seen a doctor in years, right? Because first of all, you come from a new country doesn't matter how long ago it was and how long you've been here. Um, you don't speak the language. So how do you find a doctor that speaks your language? Then there's the immigration concerns. I don't really want to give somebody my date of birth or whatever it is because I don't want to have any problem with my immigration status. Um, so that's a bit of a tangent. But this health fair event turned out really, really well. Um, we had over 200 people come and it's a small community. Um, so we we're really excited about that turnout. And that was really just through our community partners showing up and sharing that information on their Facebook pages and literally going door to door, passing out flyers with the church, inviting people saying, hey, we're going to have free backpacks and school supplies. Come get lunch with us. Come bring your kids and get the face paint and meet the community resources um, available. So it was definitely a community effort and we are really happy with the turnout. You know, it's interesting the way you're describing stuff where for you guys, at least, it sounds like when you put the focus on the mother or the children with the mother, it grows from there pretty well. Because uh, like you're describing a family member back to school. So there's probably a mom involved and there's children involved and you're trying to give back to them. Like, here's some things that you can help. By the way, we do medical stuff and you, while you're here, you can get a quick checkup of some sort. Um, but your focus is mostly on let's give to the community first and then show them the resources that we have rather than the other way around. So, uh, yeah, definitely. And I would say we do have a large focus on moms and kids. 
um, kids because we want to help them build a healthy future, get them in for their well child checks now so that they don't have diabetes and high blood pressure down the road. Um, and moms, especially within the Hispanic community, um, generally speaking, Hispanic women have more children. A lot of times it's, you know, four or five kids, um, but not always, of course. So really important getting them in for their prenatal care and then getting all their kids in for their well child checks. Um, it's just a good open door into the community. Nice. I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah. No, there's so many good things that I'm hearing out of yeah, that and how you're giving back. It's funny because some of it sounds like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. Why have we never thought about that before? You know, it's kind of like, well, duh, that, that makes sense. Uh, I like it. Uh, so we're coming up to our time already, which is always amazing how fast 20 minutes will go. But um, if there's anything you could sum up that a piece of advice you could give to another practice, like you were saying, is there anything like if I could boil it down to one thing that I've learned being here for one and a half years, what would that be? Oh, goodness. Pressure. Um, always be willing to learn, yeah. whether it's from your patients, from community partners, from a super cool podcast about <laughs> urgent care marketing. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Um, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to apologize when you may have made an error, whether it was a cultural stumble, or maybe you tried to use some of your middle school Spanish and it didn't go so well. Um, be willing to learn. And, um, you know, if, if your practice is interested in engaging more diverse populations, um, before you do the community outreach, maybe before you do the marketing, right? make sure you're ready to receive them. Um, some of the things that Cahaba does is we have a really great virtual interpreter service available and we've got tablets in all of our clinics and available on the phone to cool. make sure when someone walks into the clinic, we're ready to help them in whatever language they speak. Um, we huh. also do a cultural competence training for our staff to learn about serving diverse patient populations and, and things that you might not know because you're coming from a different cultural background. Um, so I think that's also part of the, the being willing to learn and just making sure you're ready to receive um, a new patient base in a way that they feel uplifted and respected and feel that they are receiving high quality health care. I mean, what, what I heard right there is don't assume. Mm -hmm. And if you if you have an intention of bringing on a different type of you know culture or community into your clinic, things have to be a little different because it's just the way things are like the the fact, I love that you had that virtual check-in piece with the multilingual side. Like that is fascinating, but it makes total sense. But at the same time, while it makes total sense and you guys do it regularly, there was a lot of prep work to make that smooth. I'm sure y'all had a bunch of ups and downs and let's not do that again. That didn't work and let's make it real smooth. But y'all been doing it for a while so you know what works and what doesn't. And But I think that's true. Like but throw, before you throw a bunch of, we even tell our clients this, get your processes down and straight and you're confident because when you throw marking at it, it will expose all the problems faster than you wanted it to. And mm -hmm. then it can cause damage. You gotta be careful. So, yeah. Uh, awesome. I've heard it said a great marketing campaign will make a bad product fail faster. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true story. <laughs> it really is. Well, awesome. Well, awesome. very good. Um, all right. Well, cool. So that we're at the end of this podcast episode, thank you again for Danielle for coming on today. You brought a whole different uh, viewpoint on some things that we didn't know much about. And we, we learned, we always enjoy learning, just like you said, learning is important. Um, and I can't wait to 
see what else is out there and bring you back on at some point. We love bringing our interviewers back on at, later down the road, see what's changed in their world, what, what they brought. Hey, by the way, I learned this. Don't do this again. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun. I'm sure I'll have some of those. Danielle, if somebody wanted to connect with you and learn more about what you're doing in the community and how you're operating, what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, definitely check out gohabamedicalcare.com um, to learn more about our services and locations and what's going on in our communities. Um, to reach out to me, you can just give us a call at any of our locations um, and ask for Danielle Gomez, um, Community Development Coordinator, and they will get you connected with me. Love that awesome. willingness to serve. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. We look forward to having you again in the future. Until then, y'all go out and crush it. You're making a huge impact on what you do every single day. And we appreciate just being a part of that. Danielle, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you all.